Elvis is home. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh? Hi. Shot entirely at Elvis Presley's Graceland. What do you think happened with us? Kelly Pickler's feature film debut. Naughty list. So first off, sorry for the audio quality of that trailer. This is a new 2018 Hallmark production, uh, which means you can't find the trailer on YouTube the way I normally do. You can find other things on YouTube about this movie, including like very long making ofs and just a lot of kind of handheld video showing Graceland, which normally is a pretty cool thing, but it doesn't translate as well audio-wise. So I figured, ah, let's just go with it. Welcome again to another stocking stuffer. It is another solo stocking stuffer before somebody comes and joins me and helps ease the burden of some of what I have chosen to do here. Uh, This, again, is a Hallmark movie. And as we know, Hallmark has really taken the crown, if you will. You know, Hallmark crown, that's their logo. It, it, yeah. It makes sense if you pay attention to Hallmark, but if you don't, who cares? It's another Hallmark movie. Uh, This one is a very much a Hallmark movie. It's going to fall your as as we're going to see. It's going to hit pretty much every trope. Um, And because it is a new Hallmark movie, and it is clearly one of their kind of higher tiered ones, as we know the last few years, what they've kind of done, they they throw a few dollars at most of these movies, and usually it's very limited. And they're digging out, you know, their Jill Wagners and their Hillary Burtons and whoever else isn't working that much, but is totally willing to do a Hallmark movie. Then they kind of aim a little higher, whether that's in pulling in the in the bigger named actors, which is not the case here, but more in some kind of bigger effect. Last year, the Candace Cameron one, which was terrible, where she played twins, and that being clear that their budget was higher because they had to invest in. Uh, some low level but still more expensive than your usual Hallmark movie special effects. And in this case, we get something pretty special. And yes, it's the main reason I decided to cover this one this year, which is this is, according to IMDb and and the awful Candace Cameron Bure, who hosts the segments during commercials about this movie, this is supposedly the first film to ever be filmed inside Graceland. Or Graceland, as characters in this movie say, and since they are Southern, I'm assuming they are saying it correctly, and I am not. Uh, Now, this movie is set in Memphis, obviously, then. I went to Memphis a couple years ago. I stayed in the Heartbreak Hotel, which is the cheaper hotel located just down the block from Graceland. And it had a heart-shaped swimming pool, and in my hotel room were pictures of Elvis everywhere. It was beautiful. It was tacky. I loved it. Um... I kind of wish this movie was set in that hotel instead of the much nicer kind of Vegas style that we get, but I am jumping way ahead, guys. I haven't even told you anything about this movie. Not that you really need me to tell you, because if I tell... We know how this works. If I say it's another Hallmark Christmas movie, the first and really only question you need to ask is ambitious woman or, um, you know, good-hearted small-town baker. This is ambitious woman so we kind of know every beat of it uh this story follows a a woman named laurel played by 
uh, Kelly Pickler, who I think was an American Idol cast off. I, I was confused the entire movie. I thought this was the same actress. Um, I guess I thought it was Kelly Cladwell, Kelly Caldwell, Kimberly Caldwell. I thought this was the one who was in Wrong Turn 2. So I was really offended when they kept saying feature film debut. I'm like, did you not see Wrong Turn 2? But no, this is a different blonde country singer who I think was on, on American Idol. She plays Laurel. Laurel is a single mom. Uh, who lives and works in Chicago, and she works, I think, for a big acquisitions kind of business company, and she is very hardworking, very hardworking, but she is sent to Memphis for the week of Christmas, which is where she grew up and where she still has a lot of friends. She has to go there because um, her business is trying to I guess kind of um, buy out this local bank company down in Memphis who have a couple of branches, but the owner is, I guess, looking to retire and, um, you know, set his business up so it continues when he's gone. Uh, so she's sent there to essentially get this guy to ad- agree to a deal. Uh, naturally, the deal is corporate and evil and would mean a lot of layoffs. And he, being a very, you know, kindly Tennessee Southern man, is not willing to do that. So she's there trying to work with him. In the meantime, she bumps into her old flame slash music partner, because she used to be a musician. Uh, And what do you know? Sparks fly. They rekindle their relationship, kind of, uh, again, in true Hallmark fashion. There is nothing but a very chaste kiss two hours into the movie. And that's as far as it goes. But so she brings her daughter down there. Her daughter gets to spend time with her uh, former college roommate's daughter. Her daughter loves Memphis. Uh, Laurel realizes, wow, this place isn't so bad to be. If only I didn't work so hard in my job in Chicago and I worked so hard to get where I am. And, you know, how can I give all that up? But spoiler alert, she decides to give it all up at the end. She accepts a job at the bank that her company was trying to buy. Uh, There's a big concert at the end, which she sings. There is a lot of singing in this movie all of which are pretty much um, public domain holiday songs spun a little bit to suit Kelly Pickler's kind of uh, forced twangy country style, if that's your kind of thing. Girl can sing. I mean, she's got the pipes, but it's that it's a very particular country style. Uh, And that is Christmas at Graceland. I'm just going to delve into the tropes because I think um, that's really most of the movie and everything else is going to come up as we go through it. So number one, of course, is our lead in need of a lesson. And in this case, we do get, uh, you know, a category I don't always put on here, but is the musician turned actress. And obviously, these make for the best Hallmark movies. Who can forget when Mariah Carey um, did the world a service by changing it in so many ways with a Christmas melody. I can't forget it, and you all should check it out if you haven't. Kelly Pickler ain't no Mariah Carey, but still, uh, she plays her as a like very hardworking businesswoman. We only really get one scene of that, and that's in the very beginning, and the opening conversation is her with another co-worker uh, who is watching her and just beaming because she's so you know enamored by this woman's abilities, and she says to her, wow, juggling presents and a presentation. I don't know how you do it. So we know it's that kind of movie. And of course, then Laurel says, yeah, but I have to get home to go see my daughter's snow building competition. Right as her boss walks in and is like, no, you don't. You have to stay late forever because that's the way this company runs. Uh, 
you know, and, you know, Laurel says things like, well, when I'm not in meetings, I'm just prepping for the next meeting. That's the kind of awful, awful life that this woman lives with her beautiful Chicago apartment. Um, but again, so does she need a lesson? Of course she does. She needs to learn that she belonged in Memphis all along, living a quieter life than the driven, ambitious business merging career she had. So, fine. Okay, sure. That's what we get. Uh, Our setting, number two, which we know is typically a big bad city, a charming small town, or a magical winter wonderland. We open on a big bad city, and we get a lot of main establishing shots of Chicago. Uh, And if you didn't recognize it as Chicago, don't worry. There's also a giant, like, poster on a random building that says, Christmas in Chicago, just to make sure you knew we were in Chicago. We don't stay there long. Uh, because we have to get to Memphis, where there are a lot of establishing shots. Don't worry, you will always know that you're in Memphis. And again, I guess they really did film at Graceland, which is pretty cool. Uh, One difference about this film's version of Memphis that I don't think is typically true about Memphis is that it apparently snows quite a bit down in Tennessee. Who knew? This movie did. I didn't. I learned something. Uh, you know, and as much as Memphis is not really a small town by any means, it is a city of millions of people, the movie kind of treats it as a small town, uh, where, you know, her soon-to-be boyfriend, Clay, uh, is like the musical director at Graceland or something, and he seems to, like, he can just show up at Graceland and, like, let them in without anybody administering, you know, security or anything. Uh, her, um, former college roommate, Uh, is apparently the best graphic designer in Memphis, which I guess goes to show that Memphis is not that big a town because she doesn't design that well. And, you know, there's festivals and festivals where you just always bump into someone you know, as you do in a major small town city like Memphis. Uh, Now, moving on, number three, the bland love interest. Um, We get a good one here. So Clay is played by an actor named Wes Brown. You have seen Wes Brown if you've watched any Hallmark movie because he shows up in one almost every year as get this the bland love interest Uh, we covered him last year in Christmas cookies he is also in another movie that I was planning to cover this year not because of him um, for other reasons and now I'm like do I cover it again is it going to be the same movie he's in a movie called Christmas in Mississippi clearly this guy has found his niche Uh, and so he is the um, old old flame rekindled character he's very bland uh i guess he's supposed to be interesting because he can sing um i i guess he can he his singing is very kind of muted because it's this movie is really about letting kelly pickler letting her vocals just shoot out at you so his is more like at times he's doing a little bit of an elvis thing which could have been cool if he leaned into that but again it's kind of pulled back I think it's because in the Hallmark Cozy Cardigan Christmas world of figuring out what works, what doesn't work, I think it's sort of the way porn was treated in the 1970s of nobody comes here for the men, they come here for the women. And it's a little different because I guess in porn the idea was that like you had to identify with the man. But in the case of Hallmark movies, it's that you want, you know, the presumed audience are women who want to see themselves in these characters. And they're they're there to look at a cute guy who's going to bring them a Christmas tree, but you don't ever want the guy to be so memorable that, I think maybe this is it, you don't want to then, tomorrow, watch another Hallmark movie and say, it was good, but Patrick Muldoon is no Wes Brown. I think if they all stay at the same really muted level, then the playing field is so 
even that nothing ever seems disappointing because your expectations were never high to begin with. Uh, moving on, number four is the montage. And guys, I was getting worried because the movie was like an hour, an hour and 40 minutes into the movie. Not real time. It's recorded off TV. So that's really like, I don't know, 70 minutes in. And there's no montage. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Hallmark. There's always a montage. Don't worry. So right at the big, um, the big, I, I feel like there needs to be a term for this. I'm going to work on what that is. But in every one of these movies, there's always the like negative, um, cliffhanging not cliffhanging it's it's like the moment in the movie where things go bad right where our lead character makes the wrong decision and suddenly it looks like everything is going to fall apart and in this case that happens kelly pickler's uh the job is not working out the way she was hoping it would her boss says you have to come home today on christmas eve for for what reason because in these worlds of movies things happen on christmas eve when in real life nothing does um but meanwhile the the holiday concert is the next day so she's gonna miss it and she's been working on it for a week with clay who really needed this and she makes a decision well we have to fly back this is our my job i can't lose this job and you're like oh shit everything's gonna fall apart and that's when we get a montage and the montage is great because it is laurel walking with her daughter to the car to the airport to leave but keep the, the camera then keeps panning over to her memories of these past five days where, you know, she's remembering all the good times with Clay. And um, the way these are shot is like there's this fuzzy holiday filter put over the frame so that the corners are sort of like white and snowy and the whole thing has this sort of angelic sweep to it much like if you watched a christmas melody the way mariah carey is lit in that movie where she just doesn't seem human that's what's applied to this montage so we do get a montage we only get one montage but it is a fucking great montage moving on to number five dead parents or dead wife we do have a dead parent um laurel's uh she's not divorced she's divorced it's on her widowed husband um but her mother is dead and that comes up a few times mostly because her mother apparently loved music and that is supposed to be like one more thing to drive things forward of why she belongs back in memphis number six is our sassy sidekick and as we know friend or side or friend or sister of co-worker who usually is wearing earrings is never as pretty as the lead or is the only person of color in the movie naturally in the case of Christmas at Graceland, in the state of Tennessee, in Memphis, which is a pretty diverse city, the only black characters we have in the movie are the sassy sidekick and her family. Uh, in this case, it is Sally, who was Laurel's roommate back in college and childhood friend. She does wear big earrings. She's not, like, again, I don't mean to use sassy in that kind of degrading term that it's used often where it's very specifically applied to, to black women. I don't mean to use it that way. It's usually the sidekick is sassy in the movie. In this case, she's really not. Like, she doesn't really get much fun things to do. Her big thing is that she's a designer and crafter, so she actually gives some cute ideas on crafting, which somebody might take as useful when watching this movie. Um, but again, it is pretty typical that your sidekick character in a movie like this is going to be the only person of color in the movie. Number seven, our evil woman. We don't have an evil woman. We do have an evil man. Uh, it is Laurel's boss, who... <laughs> Um, as soon as he came on screen, my husband started just chuckling because he was so presented as just, well, you have to get to the bottom line and he's wearing a suit and he's wearing a Bluetooth and he just is all about money, money, money and doesn't understand that they're dealing with a 
another businessman who cares about his employees and like wants to actively take care of them and to this guy like that concept doesn't even exist because everything's about money and nobody cares so he's evil everybody evil number eight slapstick um not too much but there are a few here and there um i guess the most notable one is clay who immediately like again when we always think deeper about the men in these movies it gets disturbing really quickly because clay very handsome man um decent job talented musician uh you know not to say like well why is he single to begin with because that's you know an unfair question many of us in the world um there there are many great single people great catches who just haven't found the right person but there is something weird about this guy um who as soon as this woman that he had a relationship with 15 years earlier comes into town just within a minute he's like everything every i'm dropping everything i'm gonna make sure this woman loves me and i'm gonna befriend her child and her best friend's child and i'm gonna be a babysitter and i'm gonna bake things for them it's just a little much i'm sorry i'd be freaked out if a guy did that for me uh he does at one point back to slapstick he is has to make rice krispie treats and answer a phone with his nose wacky i tell you number nine sage old person uh in this case we do have one it is um the head of the bank who um just becomes like the magical fairy godfather who just uh you know clearly is a good guy and just helps laurel see that there's more to life than just business and at the end he gives her a job so hey to everything uh santa claus there is none so nine out of ten for that we do not have a santa claus i am sorry to tell you but moving on to the public domain this being a movie starring a musician we get so many public domain holiday songs most of which are sung by Pickler at some point. So there is Joy to the World. Um, there is Deck the Halls, Noel, O Come All Ye Faithful, which we hear like on the radio and then in a concert. And so much use of Silent Night that I think the movie should have paid for it. Even if it's public domain, I feel like they just, you know, like when something's like a free sample where you should really take one and walk away. And maybe if it was small and nobody's looking, you take two, but that's it. And once you take three, you're an asshole and you should just buy the product. Kind of add the way this movie handles Silent Night. Uh, it does something where it kind of sort of interweaves Silent Night and Silver Bells, which is another public domain holiday song, so that um, Pickler and Brown kind of duet on it, which is okay. Uh, there's a better Joy to the World finale that brings in some gospel singers so that's a little bit more fun but if you're thinking like oh a movie set in graceland the music's gonna be great yeah no not not so much not so much uh this movie does do something surprising though and i guess because they were filming in graceland they had the ability to do this uh it seems like they had the budget to spring for some elvis music so we do indeed get blue christmas and that is used for the sad montage aforementioned uh and elvis's rendition of i'll be home for christmas so uh, surprisingly, some some budgeting or maybe favors were called in for this one. Uh, the next bonus, which is not common, but so far I'm two for two, which is exciting, and that is product placement. And now this was one of Hallmark's originals, like premier originals. So I wasn't sure I was seeing product placement, except then the commercial right after the product placement would there'd be Candace Cameron saying this is brought to you by Hallmark's paper wonder card and then there'd be a commercial for Hallmark's paper wonder card and I thought that's why the camera lingered so hard and heavily on this holiday card so Hallmark paper wonder card is one it is worked in very aggressively um 
I, guess, I mean, I guess Graceland is kind of, you know, pushed a lot, which is fine. And then the uh, other thing is Balsam Hills is a sponsor of all the Hallmark stuff. So while they never blatantly say, wow, that artificial Balsam Hills Christmas tree looks beautiful in this Hallmark movie, there's so much lingering on these fake Christmas trees, and sometimes real in this case, that it you could see like why the sponsorship is there. It makes sense. It's fitting. On the subject of Graceland, I, I'm wondering about the future of Graceland. Like, is it still going to be as popular in 50 years as we move further and further away from people who remembered Elvis in his heyday? I don't know. It's a mystery that deserves its own podcast. Probably not this one. Uh, next bonus, cloying child. Yeah, her daughter's kind of annoying. She's not the worst, but like... I don't know. She's not that interesting a kid. There's a little bit of a story of how she's a little bit shy, but then in Memphis, like she really comes out of her shell and seems really comfortable there. But it's not much. Uh, at one point, she dances, and pff, kid could use some. Like they should have given her more to do dancing wise because she doesn't know what she's doing, and they don't give her anything to do in any direction, if you will. Uh, this movie, by the way, was directed by Eric Close, who is an actor who is in a lot of stuff that you would probably recognize him from, including, uh, ooh, <laughs> he's in the Law & Order SVU episode where, um, uh, what's his name, where James Vanderbeek is um, seducing teenagers who think he's their father, but he's not their father, but the girls are all really disappointed when they find out they did not sleep with their father. You know the episode I mean. Um, anyway, a guy in that episode directed this movie, which is neither here nor there, as the great Christine Makepeace would say. But I thought it was fun trivia. Uh, anyway, the moving on to the next bonus is ice skating. And again, I didn't expect much. I mean, it's set in Memphis, where apparently it snows a lot and there is ice skating. But what do you know? The owner of the bank says to Laurel, oh, by the way, come by tomorrow. I rented out the ice skating rink for my employees. And I'm like, oh, my God, that means we're getting ice skating. And we do. So that's good. Uh, And I'm just always impressed by, like, these random actors who, in addition to, like, I don't know, acting, whether whether they're acting good or not, in this case, not so good, but still... um, but the fact that anybody can can get on a pair of skates and like glide in ice and then glide backwards and still recite lines to me is actually impressive. Uh, next bonus Canadianisms we don't get any because it's shot in Tennessee. Uh, character with a Christmas name Laurel. You know I was gonna say no, but in hindsight I think Laurel is probably like what a Laurel branch maybe. I don't know. Moving on. Uh, Christmas tree lighting. Uh, no, but there is a lot about, again, they buy a Christmas tree, they bring the Christmas tree to their hotel room, like wacky people they are. And, um, that's, that's the whole thing. So again, nine out of 10 on the main ones, uh, a couple of bonuses and just overwhelming bonus pop with those public domain holiday songs. There aren't many IMDb reviews for it because it is so new and only aired a few days ago, but I will, um, pull out this one from Ed Poop, Ed Pop. (laughs) Ed Poop. It's not poop, but still. Uh, He wrote this IMDb user review, and he titled it, I love Hallmark Christmas movies, so I gave it a chance. Dot, dot, dot. Sad face emoji, SMH. Shaking my head for those not in the know. I really enjoy the Hallmark Xmas movies, except for the abrupt endings, which is actually a valid point this guy makes. I wish they would leave out some of the non-important parts out and explain some of the more important parts and slow down the endings. But that's just my two cents. Kelly's singing was way over the top and just bad. And no acting skills. Why do most singers think they can act? There are plenty of good female actors that can also sing, so use them. Jeez. You know, I 
I, I don't think I felt as strongly as Ed Pop about this one, but I will say not one of my favorites. I liked seeing Graceland. That was fun. Uh, this was not a movie. It didn't punish its heroine too hard for working. Like, I mean, it kind of was all about trying to tell her to like, hey, you're not happy, so why don't you look at your life and fix it? But it wasn't where a lot of these movies where the character starts being happy and then the movie beats her down and says, no, you weren't happy all that time. With this one, like from the beginning of the movie, she doesn't look that happy. So I don't know, not as negative a message as some of the other ones have been. Um, But overall, I don't know. I mean, if you're a Kelly Pickler fan, then obviously have at it. Uh, She is okay. Uh, I'm sure there are people that will find her very grating. And if you don't, care for her singing style then it's going to affect your enjoyment of this movie i don't really care one way or another it doesn't i've I've heard much worse and i've seen much less interesting actresses in this genre um she is uh cute enough where i think she makes it work but she is not selling it hard to a non-customer if you will so i don't particularly recommend this um it's you know, it's not overly heartwarming. It's not like, again, where sometimes they do genuinely cross a, a they, they cross that barrier and become actual good movies. This is not, this is very much a Hallmark one. It has all the things that you pull for. So those things, if you enjoy just watching them and kind of like looking for those things that and making a drinking game out of it, then absolutely it's done. Pour your eggnog and you will get smashed from it very quickly. But, eh, you know, I don't know. I'll remember this one because it's a little more interesting. The fact that, oh my God, they filmed this at Graceland. Graceland, which has been around for what now, like 50 years? This is the movie they chose to say, yes, we're going to open our doors to you, Kelly Pickler and the people at Hallmark, to do your movie here. Hey, that's something, right? On that note, we'll see you next time. Hopefully with something a little better, but, or hopefully with something a lot worse. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Well, it's Christmas time for the baby, and the snow is falling on the ground. Slay with reindeer, no sack on my back. You gonna see me coming in a big black Cadillac?
your pretty stockings Turn off the light Santa Claus is coming Down the old chimney tonight